Welcome to the WIPS Podcast, inspiring and empowering women to take the stage and up their game in the public speaking arena. My name is Chantal Bosset from Shabbos, leaders for your presentation, public speaking, and AV needs. Enjoy the show. So hello, everyone. Nice to have you again on the WIPS podcast. And today my guest is Tiffany Ann Beverlin. She's from Florida in the United States. Welcome, Tiffany. Hi, how are you? Thank you for having me. I'm great, actually. It's nice here. It's sunny. It's great. (laughs) Well, Florida usually is. You get your bad weather, but usually it's comfortable. (laughs) Yeah. We are spoiled, I know. We That's are spoiled. it. But we have the best thing is just enjoying where we're at. Mm-hmm. And what do you do for work or what's your business in Florida? Um, my business is actually global, so your listeners can check it out. Anyone anywhere in the world can check it out. It's online business. It's the only marketplace in the world that specializes in selling things from your divorce. Wow. (laughs) It's it's definitely different. Um, Yeah. It's called dreams recycled and we are the only positive divorce kind of umbrella where we literally do everything. So if you're a divorcee and you're looking for any kind of support, help information to sell your things, move forward in a positive way, we're the place to go. Oh, that's nice. And I like the positive twist you have done with, such a well let's call it a negative event it's never fun but I like that twist nice well thank you well you don't have a choice right most people in any adversity the only control we have is in how we handle it and and positive is always the way to go it doesn't matter what it is and that's what we've done for divorce so So you're making things more manageable for people that want to go through it yeah, more hopeful, right? We all want hope. We all want validation. We all want to know that things, you know, no matter how dismal they are in the here and now, <laughs> will get better. True. Yeah. And even though you have, it's easy to talk with you. I would be curious to know, do you consider yourself to be a shy person or more outspoken in your everyday life? Um, actually, I'm a mix, but I think you find a lot of women are like this. Like, I think of myself, actually, I'm an introvert. Like if you put me in a party, I'm not going to be the girl dancing on the bar. That's never (laughs) going to be me. But if I talk one-to-one, I'm like quietly confident. And so I don't, I don't kind of feel the need to be the loudest person or the most outgoing person. But, um, but I think I'm confident and I think sometimes less words is better. That's, yeah, that's true. We're better off listening a little bit more. Someone once told me, well, you have one mouth and two ears, so you should listen twice as much as you're talking. (laughs) I love that, but I think that's very true. It is, in a way. And speaking of which, when was the first time you were asked to do public speaking? Um, well, because of my story with Dreams Recycled, I was actually asked to speak at a women's conference in New York. It was a three-day conference. I was asked to keynote one of the days and I was like, oh Lord, <laughs> what do I do? <laughs> um, 
I mean, obviously I know my story. It's always much easier when you're speaking about things that you know. So It does. So, yeah. So I kind of took the bull by, by the horns and I hadn't really done it not on that scale. I'd spoken, you know, smaller groups to divorces and stuff, but not like a big conference. And um, I went to New York and I did it and it was nerve wracking. But then you're like, oh, I did that. That was okay. <laughs> So how was that first experience? Um, it was, it was a learning experience. Okay. Anyone, who, anyone who tells you that you don't learn is wrong, right? So <laughs> that was my first very big, um, big speech. And I want to say that because I was so nervous about the number of people in the room, yes. I thought I had to kind of change everything. Uh, and I realized after that they really didn't so I had this like very clever kind of speech written with all these like references to stuff and I'd memorized it and the problem was I was so anxious that I like I literally in my head kind of just mem like regurgitated what I'd memorized okay from, from the speech and I realized that wasn't horrible but I realized afterwards that in the process of doing that, I had lost kind of the authenticity of who I am and why I do what I do. True. And lost a lot of like my actual personality, which is a negative when you speak because we, we think we're not enough, but we are enough. We are. That, yeah, exactly how we are. And so to try and kind of be something you're not doesn't ever really work, not in anything and not in speaking. Oh, I agree with you. And would that experience qualify as, what would you say was bad or very challenging? Or do you have another one in mind that was more, more challenging or that in the end you said, oh, okay, that did not really go well? Well, I think that was it really. I mean, because I think I learned that that, I mean, it do, it's okay if you're really nervous to kind of memorize it, but But it doesn't work long term as a public speaker. It doesn't. Yeah, you're I much agree. better to just go speak and kind of, and even if you don't, see, I used to get so hung up on like hitting all the key points. And I realized that we're the only ones who realize that we missed something, <laughs> right? Exactly. To the and so, so I think you're much better to speak from the heart and speak about what you're passionate about. And that's 10,000 times better than even a very clever speech that you wrote. Oh, I totally agree. It reminds me of something I said to a speaker once and they were afraid, oh, I'll be missing out on some stuff. And I told them, well, you know what? I have this weird way of thinking that in that room at that moment, if you forgot a few things, it's just because those people did not need it. And That's another good. time, maybe they'll need something else and you will forget other parts, but bring in new stuff. Mm -hmm. so sometimes I get a weird look on people's face because mm -hmm. they figure, geez, that's not really analytical and truly tested, but it's my way of dealing with it. <laughs> I think that's true though. I think that if you're on, and I think the same thing, it comes off as dis disingenuous that if you're giving a speech and your speech is kind of going in this path and then in your head, the light bulb goes off and you forget something you were going to say and you try and jam it in the path where it's really not mm -hmm. supposed to go anyway. It's almost like off-putting listening to somebody do that. 
And so, so I think sometimes if you do forget stuff, you better to just let that go. <laughs> and pretend oh, it was that's true. And would you say uh, that was one of the learning points of that experience? That oh, absolutely. Putting- yeah. What are the learning elements or the key points that you realize afterwards after that experience? Well, I realized, like I said, I mean, you don't need to memorize your speech word for word. That's just silly. I'm not an actress. I'm not up there like winning. <laughs> Although that's like my secret dream. So, <laughs> you know, but I'm not. And, um, and I think that that's what I learned. Like you can't beat being yourself right? So how you speak and what your kind of language is and whatever you do, that, um, that kind of authenticity, as I said, yes. is really what rings true and really what people remember. And since then, all the best speeches I've done, the ones that have been really good is just when I've gone up there and been myself and, you, you know, and afterwards I have a line of people who want to meet me and that is actually how I am. <laughs> they, so, what they see is what they get. So yeah. that's probably why, like you say, you end up sometimes having a big lineup and that must be very great. It, I, which brings me, what's your greatest memory? You talk about lineups, but do you have something else that comes to mind? Um, actually, I, I like probably my all-time favorite people to speak to like usually I speak to divorcees and I love divorcees and I love talking about divorce, but the, the group that I really feel that gets the most sometimes of my speeches is I talk to college children oh. or adolescents and whether it's about business or marketing or relationships. And I talk to them about who not to marry. <laughs> I, mean, I feel like they're so eager to learn and they're such sponges and they really listen and pay attention and they have very smart questions. And, and I just feel like kind of they're so eager to learn. And it's such a great thing. And afterwards when the, when those children, I don't know whether to call them children or adolescents, but whatever college kids, (laughs) they line up for you afterwards and they say, you know, if it's a girl and she says like, I want to be just like you. I've just you know, like you've inspired me to be entrepreneur or you've inspired me to be a woman in tech or wonderful. Whatever. I mean, you can't beat that, right? I totally agree. That's that's a really empowering feeling that we have when we're in such a situation. I really like that. And it's funny like you say, you talk to divorcees and now you get these let's call them young adults coming up to you and it kind of energizes you even more. That's great. A really great thing. Yeah. Well, and I think that I honestly think that those young adults, that they will remember my speech because when they do start to get into serious relationships mm-hmm. and start to get married and make these life decisions, even if it's just a little seed in there that I've planted that says, you know, if somebody doesn't treat you well, if they, you know, swear at you, God forbid, hit you, or do whatever. These people don't change, right? And so, I'll, you know, and That's I just right. hope that I've planted the seed for these young men and women, because abuse happens to everyone, that they make better choices than, than, you know, our generation. Nobody taught us how to be in a relationship or who to be in a relationship with or not. And so I feel like it's a good, valuable thing to do anyway. Eh, making a difference, finally. Yeah. 
And I'm wondering a question we usually have as women, what would be a wardrobe tip that you would share with people that want to take the stage, especially women? Well, two things. Yeah. Number one, <laughs> number one, I'm not a big fan of patterns. I think when you speak, that you're, you, you're, the focus should be on your words. And when you wear something yes. that's patterned, even though in my regular life, I actually quite like florals and stuff. But like when I speak, I don't, because I think it's distracting from what you're saying. That's a good point. Yeah, and you want the focus on you. And then the second is, I love the girl that invented Spanx. You know what those are? <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> uh, Spanx are the things that um, many women who speak and do public appearances, they wear them. They're kind of like, they hold everything in place. Oh, okay. You know what I'm about? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The girl that invented them, she's one of my like women in tech idols or women in business idols. Anyway, so they're brilliant and they work really well. However, if you're going to give a speech, do not wear them. Because <laughs> <laughs> it interferes with your breathing patterns. Like literally. Which is bad if you're public speaking because you need to breathe in a more free way. Yeah. So that sounds really ridiculous, but that's actually a really good tip. Like you want to look good, but wear something that's comfortable where you're not oh, yeah. worried about how you look and you can still breathe and, you know, you're not having a photo shoot, you're speaking and that should be your main goal. Exactly. I totally agree. That's very, very valuable. <laughs> Simple thing, but if we think about it, it will just make us more comfortable on stage. Mm -hmm. And if you would have one tip to help women really be empowered to take the stage or just be more confident what would it be I think women um we said this before we went on air we are our own worst enemies and I I think that we really need to feel confident in our worth in our ideas in our thoughts and realize that if we have a story to tell and we have a passion and we speak about it that our story and our public speaking style as women is just as valuable to an audience as any man's, anyone else's. And we shouldn't really even compare ourselves to them. Just be confident in who you are and what you're saying and know that you do have value. I love that. That's very, very valuable. Just being ourselves and believing in ourselves is a big thing. Well, I do thank you so much, Tiffany Ann, for sharing all these great information with us. I'm sure it's going to help other women realize that they can just do this if they want to. Absolutely. And anyone can do it. I am, I am not a public speaker, but I public speak. <laughs> That's a good thing point that's a good way to put it why not <laughs> yeah and so I think I really do think if I can do it anyone can do it oh that's a great word so again I thank you very much for having us well thank you thank you so much for having me bye-bye bye we hope you enjoyed the show please tell us what you think by commenting and even share with your own networks to inspire and empower others to do public speaking.